0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk Seven Seventy. Welcome back to the Strong Room, presented by McMillan Estate Planning. Today we're featuring a story of philanthropy in action and leaving a meaningful legacy. Our special guest is Martin Parnell, who in October of 2015 took on a daunting challenge in Afghanistan.
1: Not only an issue, you know, a challenge for me, but also for my wife Sue and for friends who said, you know, you've heard of Afghanistan, the dangers, the the bombings, the terrorist attacks. I mean, why why are you going and is it going to be safe? And very tough questions. And I went to the you know, I went to the Canadian government website and the travel advisory was, you know, avoid all travel. I mean, very crystal clear. But I thought, you know, I've got to dig into this more. I mean, to me, you have to do your own um, investigation as to just what is going on. And so I checked into the group that uh, organized the marathon and they're called Untamed Borders. And they do a lot of trips to countries like Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan and they had actually done uh, six winter trips to to Afghanistan skiing trips over the last six years. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And they were the ones who um, basically uh, facilitated last year's marathon. So I checked in, I talked to the founder, James Wilcox, and we really started talking. But I also talked to um, a group called Free to Run, and they're a charity that support girls and women running, again, in countries like Afghanistan, Iran, uh Pakistan, and they had uh, enabled Zanab to do the marathon, and so I talked to them, so I slowly built up this picture of okay it's it's feasible, still concerns, major concerns, but I decided okay um yeah i'm going to go, and so it ended up that. We a group of us arrived in Kabul airport and there were 10 overseas runners. So runners from England, from Canada, from uh, Ireland, from the Netherlands, from Germany. So 10 you know, kindred spirits, I guess, who decided that we wanted to try and do this. And we arrived in Kabul. We spent a day in Kabul. And then we flew to the town of Bamian. Now I should talk about Barmian. It's 240 kilometers northwest of Kabul, but it could be almost a different a different world. The ethnic group, the 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 people that live there are Hazara people. And they are some of the most persecuted uh, people in Afghanistan, but they are very progressive when it comes to supporting uh, girls and women in the areas of education and sport. They are, they have been, uh, you know, hugely uh, behind the marathon. And so we flew there. Now, the reason we flew is the road is too dangerous to travel. So that was obviously a, um, a safety thing that we decided to do. We arrived in Bamian. It's a town, it's a town of 60,000 people nestled in uh, two mountain ranges. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of Cochrane. It was sort of, you know, the Cochrane of Afghanistan, I guess. Uh, but it's also a, a, a tourist, uh, location for Afghan people. And it's just an amazing place. Um, a backdrop is a huge cliff with two 50-foot Buddhas that have been cut out. But in the past, uh, these have been blown up by the Taliban. So again, they've had, they've had um, uh, you know, groups who have come in and basically try to control the population. Another feature was as we drove into the town, there was a field with um, the farmer was plowing the field with oxen, but he was plowing around burnt out Russian tanks. So there's these tanks, there's these troop carriers. Again, from an era that was, you know, part of what they had to live through. So these people, they've, they've, you know, they've suffered in the past, but again, they, they want to make a difference. And so we arrived; we were very welcome. Uh, everywhere we went, we were offered tea. You offered this Afghan tea, and so we visited uh, people. There was a bazaar. Every store you go in, have a cup of tea. So hugely, hugely friendly. And we acclimatized there because it's at 9,000 feet. So this is a high location. You know, here in Calgary and Cochrane, we're around 4,000. So you're at a different level here. So this was one of the highest marathons I've ever I've ever run at. And while I was there, I met a number of the Afghan women who wanted to do the marathon. And one of them I met was a young woman named Kuber. And I'd met her two days before the marathon and uh, she had had a very, um, she had been in a very difficult situation a couple months before where she had attempted to do an ultra race, a five-day race, uh, with uh, two other um, Afghan runners, a man and a woman. But after the first day, she had had to withdraw due to very bad physical situation. She had had some major issues with cramps, with her stomach, with just being very lightheaded. And she was shattered. You know, she'd had to pull out and... Uh, So we we started to talk. Um, I gave a running clinic for the Afghan women and she felt that maybe she should, you know, maybe it was the 10K she needed to run. But I could see a very strong-willed woman there and somebody who really needed to do the marathon. And the trouble was she really hadn't trained. But I thought, and normally I wouldn't, run with somebody who hadn't trained, but I thought she needed to do the marathon. So we lined up at the start line um, at 8 a.m. on November the 4th in a dusty field just on the edge of town. And I said to Kubra, I said, Kubra, let's run together and maybe we can, we can make the uh, seven-hour cutoff. Because, again, I felt, I felt there was something there she needed to do. And with the marathons and with a, a lot of this endurance stuff, it's definitely mental. Huge mental component. So the race started and we just, I run nine and ones, run nine minute, walk one. We took on our hydration, nutrition. uh, We kind of tried to pace it, but we got to the turnaround at three hour, 36 minutes. So we're behind, you know, for seven hour finish. But the route was, it was one of the toughest routes I've ever done. It was entirely uphill to the turnaround. So at least I knew we had some downhill to come back. And she was suffering. She had cramps, stomach cramps, but we kept going. And I was looking at my watch thinking, oh my gosh, this is, we had like, you know, 22 minutes to do the last 2K. And I'm thinking, I don't know. But we ran in holding hands and we crossed at six hours, 52 minutes. So we came eight minutes under the cutoff. And it was really, I mean, it was the slowest official marathon I've ever done, but it was probably one of my best and happiest because she had achieved her goal and I gave her a big hug. She was kind of crying and, uh, it was an amazing feeling. And I realized that I had found my purpose for going there was to help Kruber achieve her goal of running the marathon. So you just don't know what's going to happen on these quests or these trips. And, uh, it was, v- it was hugely significant for me.
0: Running to the edge. What is your hope the impact, the imprint it would leave on the lives of people who read it?
1: I really hope uh, that it makes them reflect on, on what they're doing, on the challenges they've had. Looking forward to maybe some of the challenges that are coming up, uh, both personal in my life, be it the illness, the stroke, or with family and friends, Um, be empathetic to them, but also be empathetic to people you don't even know. Uh, you know, look at a way of helping locally. For me, it's in Cochrane or in Calgary. There's many things going on. Uh, it's a difficult time of year, Christmas, very difficult. Uh, it's a wonderful time for family and friends. It's a difficult time for people who maybe don't have that. You know, maybe they're in a tough spot, very tough time. So now is the perfect time to look at a way of making a difference, um, you know, just check it out. There's lots of things going on where where you can step forward. And I would say this year, do it, do it, you know, do something and see how you feel and see how you make somebody else feel. And it's it's really what for me, um, and it's the message I'll be carrying on through, through this book and probably as we go on into the future. Um, that's really all I can do. And as Martin Parnell
0: continues his quest to make a difference,
1: he invites you
0: to join him a week from today for his seventh annual Run-Walk
1: event in Cochrane. And what we do there is uh, we run a ma- there's a marathon, a half marathon, um, a 10K, a 5K, and a 2K cooking ru- a cookie run. And basically, we meet at the Spray Lake Sports Centre uh, during the day, and we run 2K loops. So we just run down the, the pathway along the river and back, And there's, there's just one aid station in the sports center, but you can visit as many times as you want. And we've got coffee and hot chocolate and cookies. And so this year we're fundraising for, uh, sports activities for a girl's school in Afghanistan. And so that's what we're focusing on this year. Um, and it's registrations on the day and it's all by donation. So, so December 31st, um, at the Spray Lake Sports Centre in Cochrane, just come along. You know, between nine and nine and three, do one loop, do do twenty loops. Entirely up to you. But it's it's a, again, it's a way of getting involved, of of and you know, giving something back. At the end of my book, I kind of end with a bit of a call to action. I say, um, you know, in life, you don't have to do a lot, but you, but you got to do something. And so, just look at ways of getting involved and uh, and giving forward. You know, you know, doing something to help others
0: helping others in the pursuit of creating a meaningful legacy. Our thanks to Martin Parnell for setting such a powerful example. And my thanks to Macmillan Estate Planning for its support in telling stories that reflect the true spirit of generosity. Winston Churchill said, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what
1: we give. This is The Strong Room.